millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio at the Valley as we gear up for the final uh, game of the regular season against Rochdale is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very well, thank you. Have you had a good few days as we... I know you're excited about the playoffs. I mean, yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> I haven't got a clue what's going on. But yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. And uh, Nathan there desperately trying to explain what the permutations are for the playoffs to Tom. Uh, how you doing? How you doing, Nathan? You're right. Yeah, not Oh, your mic's gone again. So there you go. Get on the uh, get on Tom's get on Tom's mic, please. There we go. Yeah, and I'm just showing Tom my season ticket price. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Nathan's going <laughs> to show off about it. he somehow got some sort of weird discount as well from the <laughs> from the season tickets. But we'll talk about that later on the tonight's big match preview. We are going to discuss the permutations of the playoffs. The fixture release date, uh, uh, the fixture dates have been released. If we can't yeah. even say it, that's a good start. There's a few permutations, which we'll uh, we'll spend the next hour and a half explaining. Uh, and then <laughs> we, we, will, we will try and work out what's going on there. Uh, we're also going to try and work out what's going on uh, with Lee Bayer's contract. Um, we're going to hear that from himself. We're going to talk about some comments from Roland Duchatelet uh, this week. How do, you, how do you say again, didn't he? Uh, uh, mentioned terrorism which is always a good look uh, so we'll talk about that uh, and then of course we'll hear from Josh Cullen got his first addicts goal uh, at Gillingham last Saturday and then we'll turn our attention to Saturday's home game with Rochdale the final game of the regular season before we take on the playoffs now Sunderland and Portsmouth both absolutely bottled it during the week lads so we now know that Luton Town and Barnsley are the two teams that are automatically promoted so congratulations to them blah 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 whatever don't care Um, but we know pretty much three out of the four teams now that are going to be in the playoffs Uh, it's going to be us it's going to be Portsmouth it's going to be Sunderland it's going to be then one out of Doncaster or Peterborough now you'll all be excited to know that finally we can tell you what the permutations are for the fixtures Tom do you want to explain them no (laughs) Tom doesn't understand them I've made a chart which makes it a lot easier for me but basically third versus sixth will play on Saturday and then Thursday fourth versus fifth We'll play on Sunday and then the Friday. So Sunday the 12th, Friday the 17th. Now, the only way there can be a difference here is if Sunderland finish fifth. Because if Sunderland finish fifth and therefore are due to be at home on the Sunday, they can't play at home on the Sunday because there's an event in Sunderland, some sort of running event like a marathon or a 10K or something. So they can't play on Sunday. So if Sunderland finish fifth, then the tyres will be switched. In which case... Uh, the team that finishes third and sixth will play on the Sunday the 12th and then Friday the 17th. And the team that finished fourth and fifth will play Saturday the 11th and Thursday the 16th. That's very clear, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, where are we? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> right, so, so to, all right, so, so to explain it, how it is now. So if everyone finishes where they are now, which is Portsmouth in third, Sunderland in fourth, Charlton in fifth, and then Donny or, or Posh in sixth, uh, Charlton will be at home to Sunderland on Sunday the 12th of May at 12.15, just after lunchtime, and then away to Sunderland on Friday the 17th of May. Okay, so that's how it is now. If Charlton were to finish third, we'd be at home... Uh, second, so we'd be away to either Doncaster or Peterborough on Sunday, on Saturday, the eleventh of May, uh, seven thirty kickoff. Then at home, <coughs> excuse me, on the Thursday, uh, seven forty-five kickoff. Um, that's how it's going to go. Basically, I've put a chart out there. I don't think I'm going to go through all of the permutations because we will be here all night. But it's nice to know roughly where we stand now, and it's nice to think that as soon as it comes to Saturday after the game, don't forget five thirty kickoff on Saturday that we'll be able to start booking up trains, planes, and automobiles. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I put. Up, <coughs> I think what we'll probably do is just book a flight to Sunderland, Pompey. I don't know if you can fly to Peter. I might do it. Might get a helicopter or something. So we do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think we all want to know what we're going to do because obviously, I don't think the um, the travel prices are going to be going down anytime soon. So as soon as that full time whistle goes on in Saturday evening, I think there'll be a lot of fans obviously trying to scramble around to try and get hotels and stuff. But um, yeah, no, it's good. It's, listen, it's it's exciting. We've got we're we're doing all right, and um, we've just got to. Just see where it takes us come Saturday evening. Hmm. Is it starting to become a bit more real now, Tom? I, I, my my pre-playoff nerves started to kick in this afternoon, which is for the first because I was uh, I, I found myself on a Sunderland forum talking about, and they were all talking about how nervous they are about uh, potentially facing Charlton. And for starters, I mean, that really got me going because I was like, oh wow, they they really are on the back foot after the you know the the week that them and Portsmouth have had. I mean, teams are going to start to fear us, and it's it's interesting to say. I mean, it probably counts for nothing. It probably counts for nothing, but certainly all these permutations as well coming out now has really got me thinking about these playoffs. I mean, the permutations have stopped me thinking about the playoffs because <laughs> it's just confused me. But yeah, on Tuesday night, I think it's I started to get the nerves then because, as you just said, a lot of people are nervous about playing us, and that makes me nervous because we're not the underdogs anymore. And when you're the underdogs, you go in like even like last year. I kind of thought. We managed to scrape in and we got there, like deservedly so, but it was a bit last minute. And then you think, well, what will be will be. It is what it is, as Bowie would say. But this year, you've got Sunderland, who are just toilet. You've got Pompey, who don't want to have to play us. You've got Donny, who are on the edge of uh, falling out of the playoffs. So you're looking at it and you're thinking, any team that gets us is going to be scared. And I don't know, like odds-wise, whether we would be favourites, but you've got to back yourselves and think, actually, we could be the team that that could go on and win this and then that expectancy then makes me nervous so yeah since uh, since Tuesday night when those two teams lost and showed how, how bad they are at the minute it, it's starting to make me nervous now and um, after Saturday when I actually understand the playoffs again and we've just got a team on two days then I'll, I'll be very very nervous so the fixtures on Saturday of course Charlton are at home to Rochdale Portsmouth are at home to Accrington Stanley uh, Sunderland are away to Southend again that Southend will need a result from likely to in order to try and stay up um, Peterborough are at home to Burton and uh, Doncaster are at home to Coventry so it'd be interesting to see who ends up in those playoff places just a reminder Portsmouth are currently two points ahead of us uh, and with a slightly better goal difference a, a better goal difference of, uh, of three goals so I mean if if we win 2-0 and Portsmouth win 
uh, uh, lose by 1-0 or be on the same goal difference and it'll come down to goals scored which I'd have to look at so it, 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 there is a possibility we could finish third there's a possibility we could finish fifth it really is up for grabs but at least now we know uh, we have an idea of roughly where we'll finish now Lee Bayer was, was of course asked about the upcoming uh, playoff campaign and he said that he believes it's going to be Portsmouth who will finish in third position yeah I think they will finish third um, I went to their game the other night crazy game um they should have won it, really. Uh, I won't go into detail, but they had a goal disallowed for offside, and they shouldn't really have been in that situation. They should have won the game. Um, but Peterborough came out on top, and obviously they're pushing, pushing for the last place in the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, whoever we get, it's going to be difficult. Um, be the, the four sides that deserve to be in the playoffs and, but like I've said before if, I believe we can beat anybody and I think we've shown that this season um, we just have to concentrate on what we're doing and, and, and make sure that we're ready As a player you experience Champion League, Champions League playoffs is there an art to managing playoffs? No um, my job would be just to try and because the emotion would be high obviously um, the adrenaline would be pumping so, so my job would be to try and keep them as level-headed as possible and to, to try and treat it just as a normal game because it is at the end of the day it's 90 minutes of football um, but emotions obviously get involved you can't you can't deny that so uh for me, it's trying to play the the most natural game that we normally play on a Saturday. So that, that would be my job to, to try and make sure that we can do that. Chant going to the playoffs in a confident frame of mind uh, with nine wins out of 12. And that win at Gillingham last week was your first at Priestfield since 1980. Not to mention six clean sheets in eight games. That must sharpen your edge. Yeah, and again, because we've had a full squad near enough um, the last month or so, and, and the show, um, because we've been able to rotate when, when we've needed to, and, and the, the lads deserve all the credit, you know, they've, they've been outstanding. And um, But yeah, like I said, we're in a good place, and, and when we've got a, a full squad, we're a very, very, very good team. And, and I believe that what we have is, is something unique and I said that from day one. Um, nothing's changed. We've all worked hard and and we've we've got halfway where we want to be. So there we go, there's Lee Boyer uh, chatting about the possible permutations of the playoffs. He believes that Portsmouth will finish third. He also says um, that you know, obviously free, the, every every team in those playoffs deserves to be there. But as, as we were saying just, just before that, I mean, surely the mentality of whoever of those two teams that have not qualified for automatic promotion due to their results recently because Portsmouth blew it on Tuesday, as did Sunderland. I mean, Barnsley obviously put themselves in pole position anyway, but it must be in your head 
that that you you failed you failed that situation when you had a chance to do it because realistically we were always chasing we were always chasing and you know that one result at Oxford it was disappointing but it's not like we blew it because Barnsley ahead of us uh, had done enough anyway so do, do you think that will be a psychological issue for the likes of Sunderland and Portsmouth? Um, I don't know I mean because we could you know we could arc back to the Oxford game but then you could do many points in a season where you know if we beat Southend at home and stuff like that we could always do that but yeah I think they'll be obviously disappointed that they've obviously haven't taken it to the last game of the seasons where they could probably get autos Um, but at the same at the same time playoff games are different because there's more at stake they're a lot more cagier affairs and I think to an extent form goes out the window and I'd rather be the sort of underdog than be the one that everyone... Like I was listening to TalkSport the other day and they were saying that we, they saw us as one of the favourites, even mm. with Portsmouth losing. So, which, to be fair, we probably are, but I'd rather go in there um, a slight underdog. The bookies had, had, have us as third favourites, probably purely because, we, as it stands, we're, 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 we're likely to finish fifth, so third in the playoff table. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to say whether whether people will see us as underdogs I think I mean realistically I mean if you look we're on the same points as Sunderland at the moment now after the, the same amount of games as well so we've had just as good a season as Sunderland but they we didn't spend four million pounds on a striker midway through it um, interesting as well a point that I mean if we do win on on Saturday that will take us up to 88 points and I worked out that four out of the last 10 seasons that would have been enough for automatic promotion so not most seasons but almost half half of the the last 10 years that would have been good enough for automatic promotion it shows the quality of it that even if we, we can get 88 points and still finish fifth as well it shows that there's been five teams this year that really have excelled compared to the rest of the division yeah and there's a there's a lot of dross in this league <laughs> a lot of bad teams but those teams that are up at the top deserve to be there and they're as you say, from there's some distance ahead. You look at the gap just from us down to Doncaster and Portsmouth, like uh, sorry, Doncaster and Peterborough. It's a it's a big gap, and that speaks for itself. We're we're all up there. We deserve to be up there. Obviously, only three of us are actually going to go up. I just had a look at the odds and Portsmouth Sunderland on on Skybet are joint favourites seven to four, and then we're four to one. Donny five to one. I think Peterborough are like twenty to one or something. So. Yeah, they are back in those teams, and I'm sure a lot of people will be backing them just because of the size of the clubs. Um, but as Naif says, I think that the worry for me is that we're we're not underdogs now, and you know the two wins against Portsmouth, the the draw here against Sunderland, and the fact we were unlucky to lose there, we still lost there. But that that doesn't count for anything when it comes to the playoffs. They're two two games. They are they're different. They're they're more cagey, as Naif says. It's you you almost write form out of the window and just have to see. And it's can our players handle that and we'll have to wait and see we're such a different side now to the team we were at Sunderland on the mm. opening day but I think it's fair to say we, we've evolved as a side quite often throughout the season so the first I think five or six games we're only won one of our first five or six games then we started to bring in the, the Billicks and the Cullens on loan and we started to go on a nice run and then we were all about this brilliant partnership between Lyle Taylor and, and of course Carlin Grant then Carlin left and we had this wobble where, where, where Taylor was uh, out of uh, out on suspension as well then we started playing again then I'd say over the last six weeks we've improved massively mm. Igor Vettikaili's played a massive part in that Lyle Taylor's really back in his stride again now we're we're a different team to who we were in January mm. we've evolved so much and it's going to be fascinating to see how we take on a di- I, I think we're a better team now mm. than obviously without Carlin of course but then we were when we played Sunderland at the Valley and we battered them in that second half yeah, of course, and I think the difference between 
Um, obviously, people say I'm being biased, but I mean, out of the four teams that are in there at the moment, yeah. you've got Pompey and Sunderloo play quite a lot of width. We, we play quite narrow. I think we play the better football personally, and then Donny are quite direct. So, yeah, it's going to be a, definitely a better team um, where we were off-season Sunderland, where we were down to the bare bones, and obviously January. So, I think if, if we you know if we get a good result on on Saturday and go into the games in confidence and um, and, tr- and not nervous. I think that's like Tom said, I think that's the only the worry I have is is if we'll turn up on the big games, especially if we do get Sunderland, which is, you know, is probably the most likely, I think. But going up there on a, you know, in front of 40, 45,000, it's going to be a tricky game for the, for the young ones and hopefully we come out. But you know, if we go there second, we need to we need to have a better show than we did against Shrewsbury at home last year. There we go. Right. So just to clarify, just to reiterate, the uh, <laughs> here we go again. Another twenty minutes. So so it's, uh, the 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 permutations are. So here here are two important points. We cannot play Sunderland away on the Thursday night on Thursday the 16th of May there's no way that we'll end up at Sunderland which is good for us because that would mean two days off work for, for most people because you'd have to get up there stay over on and then and then come back on the Friday as well uh, we also we, we can't be at home on Saturday the 11th of May no fixture falls that way uh, we can't be away in Sunderland on Sunday the 12th of May if we do play Sunderland away on Saturday the 11th of May which is possible um, it's going to be tricky in terms of getting hotels and stuff because that's a, there'll be a 7.30 in the evening kickoff. Uh, the rugby's going on in Newcastle that night as well, the Heineken, or whatever the rugby final is between Leinster and uh, Sarri. So there's loads of people going up from London. There's loads of people coming across from Ireland as well. They've all booked hotels. So just just be aware of that. As soon as as soon as soon everything's confirmed on Saturday, I'd make sure you start booking your hotel, start booking your, uh, your train tickets and stuff because you're going to have to act quickly to get the best price. Now, someone who hasn't acted quickly Quickly over the last few weeks is, uh, of course, Roland Duchatelet. Lee Bowyer's contract is coming up, as we well know. Um, and we're now two days from the end of the regular season. Last last week, he was moaning that we were, well, what, nine, ten days from the end of the regular season and he hadn't had his contract sorted. Well, we're now two days from the end of the regular season and he still hasn't had it sorted. Not really. Uh, I had a positive conversation at the end of last week. But then seem to have got a bit stuck at the moment, um, and, and that's where we are. So nothing's changed. I haven't signed. Um, but like I said to you before, that that's not my biggest worry, and, and it still isn't. I believe, and I'm hopeful that that we can come to an agreement. Um, what I'm asking for is fair. Uh, I'm not a greedy person, so um, it's what I think that I've earned. So I'm sure that we'll get there in the end. So um, my concentration is the only time I ever think about the the contract is when you mention it. So like that, that's that's the least of my worries and. Um, my, my full focus is, is just get promotion and, and that won't change from now to the end of the season whether I sign a contract or not. So it sounds as though you could go into the playoffs with your future uncertain. Yeah. But I started the season with my future uncertain so I might think I'm used to it. Um, but it is what it is. I can't control that. Um, I 
can control what happens Saturday and, and just keep working hard. That's all I'll do, keep doing, like I have done from day one, keep working hard and trying to win games and, and that's what I'm paid to do and, and that's what I'll keep doing. And on your contract situation, mate, you say you're stuck, you're stuck. What, what are you stuck on? Um, just negotiations. Uh, that, that's the, the situation we are at at the moment, and um, it just disappoints me. Like, like I said last week, and I say it again, it disappoints me that we're two days away from the last game of the season, and it's not been resolved. It disappoints me, you know, because I think me and all the staff have worked hard. And, and to be left this late, it, it's disappointing. Did you get closer now? You kind of back far away again, or no? No, no I thought we we was moving forward, and we are moving forward. But I was just hoping that it would get done before this game. Um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. So, uh, but I'm sure we'll get there. But I was just hoping it, it would have been done the end of the season so going to the playoffs and everybody knows the situation everybody's happy so um, but it ain't and then we'll just keep working out it just don't affect the football side of things this is irrelevant even if I'm not here next season nothing changes Charlton will still be here so but hopefully it doesn't come to that is uh, it all get sorted before the playoffs then or do you not do you not know do you not think so uh, maybe before the first ball's kicked but it, it won't be done before the end of the season because that's in two days time and I can't see it happening that quick now yeah. and I think you're going to be manager of the month tomorrow or you're nominated for it anyway um, there's a lot of Charlton fans out there that are a bit worried that you know, we might, they might lose you again that's nothing I can't I can't control that um, obviously I'm grateful for the fans and, and, and they know how much I've respected them all season and, and, and they've respected us as a side and, and, and the staff and they're not silly they see how hard we've worked and, and how far we've come in a short space of time so uh, but we've got minimum three games to go and nothing's going to change for me or the players we, we give 100% until our season's finished. There we go, Lee Bayer there, uh, talking about his contract situation, which is still yet to be resolved. First time I've heard him mention, even if it was, uh, I hope it won't come to that, but the possibility of him not being here next mm. season. He does still say that he'll get it sorted. I'm sure it'll get sorted, but he registers once again his disappointment that you know we're now two days on, on Thursday from the end of the regular season, and it hasn't been sorted. When, when does his contract officially expire? Probably in the June. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's hope, yeah, yeah in between the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> in between the it's playoff the, first leg and second leg. Like, you know? like uh, Nave says, it's probably not until the end of June, but the whole thing's just, just ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? And like, I know we've said it a lot of times, but every week that goes past, it's just a bit more and more stupid. And the fact, the fact he's even, as we've said before, having to try and sort this himself, they should have just given him one. It should have been six months ago and it should have been sorted, but... In fact, they wrote up what they did and, yeah. and now it's just dragging on. It's In just, fairness, they did give stupid. him a contract six months ago as well. It's the one that's coming to an end now. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> because they only do things by halves here, don't they? Um, 
he said, he, you know, he's, he's not asking for the world here. He thinks he's asking for, for something fairly uh, acceptable. And clearly he's done a good job. Clearly we also know the way that football works. I, I dare say he's asking for a rise from the from the one he had that was basically a, uh, a temporary contract at the start of the season. I dare say, you know, clearly he wasn't happy with the suggestion of an incentivised contract that uh, the, the, the first came through. The fact that he's hit a bit of a... A stumbling block, it seems to say that they've come to a bit of a, of a of a stop at the moment. I mean, that really worries me. I mean, I know he sounds comfortable about it, and but you, you hear phrases like that being bandied around by the manager himself, and and we heard some, you know, a lot of questioning there from I think it was the fella from the Evening Standard today. Uh, there's, there's questions to be answered, and it. it it's nothing's ever simple around here, is it? And do you need this? I mean, I mean Boya says it won't affect the playing side, but do you need this hanging over you when you're about to head into the playoffs again? Uh, yeah, obviously it's not ideal. <laughs> but um, I, I think, think that, that should be our show yeah. motto, really. Not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it affect the players. I think the players will be focused and obviously winning two games of football and then having a chance to go to Wembley and obviously get us into the championship. But I think the thing that strikes me, I think with negotiations, you know there's going to be a lot of to and fro that you probably don't see a lot. But the striking thing for me was when obviously he came out and said that it was it was a contract that he's never really seen before. It was a bit different to what he's used to in football. So um, obviously you can everyone can make their own you know assumptions of what that means. But um, yeah, it's... It, yeah, I can't. I mean, we've gone over it enough times. It's we shouldn't be in this position, um, and it's just a bit frustrating not knowing how far away it is. You know, it might just be a couple of clauses, or is it something massive that's just something I don't know, like they pay him in potatoes or something. I don't know, but it's it's just random, isn't it? But like I said, I don't think it's going to affect the players. Um, I don't think it'll affect Bose and Jacko or anything they do. Um, but yeah, obviously we just want it over the line because Bose can go wherever he wants now. Yeah, I mean, Bo, you're talking about being a bit stuck at the moment. I mean, the only thing is, I think I've always got the impression that Roland can be a little bit stubborn. I don't know if that's uh, unfair or if that That's is 100% quite clearly what's (laughs) happened throughout the entire time he's been here. So if Roland's asking... Boya to accept something that Boya's saying, well, actually, I'd like a bit more than that. I think I've earned it. I, I, I can imagine Roland going, well, fine, off you pop then. I'm going to get in the next the next one then. Next one. I don't I don't really care. I'm trying to sell the club, apparently. So I'll just get in any old uh, idiot. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not putting you in the hot seat there, Tom, but <laughs> I, I mean, do, do you think you've got a chance now I've just said that? I was stood in the dugout the other night and I did think it, it felt right. It did feel right. <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe I'll get on, to, uh, get on to Roland and see what he thinks. I don't know what. <laughs> I'll have to think about my contract offer. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. The longer it goes on, the more I can see Boya just going, oh, I'm sick of this. Because I don't think he would... I don't think there are going to be hundreds of offers flooding in, but you look at the job he's done, particularly if we get promoted, there are going to be people who want him. And um, I know he says he wants to stay and I know they're working on a contract, but I don't know at what point you go, do you know what? No, you've had your chance and you've not done it. And, you know, loyalties aside, he's a man who who is going to want a job and now he's got the, the management bug. He's going to want to keep that going. And if Roland's not prepared to offer him a contract, what does that say about him it essentially says he's expendable and if that's how he's made to feel maybe he will make the move well the supporters trust at the step this uh, this week of uh, releasing a statement themselves urging the Charlton uh, club owner Roland Duchatelet to conclude contract arrangements with Lee Bayer and his coaching staff uh, as a as a matter of priority and urgency 
uh, and, and fan, also encouraging fans to visit the China Athletic Supporters Trust stall behind the North Stand at the Valley uh, before the Rochdale game on Saturday when they will be able to meet Roland uh, and offer him uh, their opinions on the current situation. Now, of course, when they say meet Roland, they mean the big hot, the big balloon they've got of Roland, not actual Roland, because imagine that. That would just be amazing. Him, at, him at the ground. Eh? Yeah, I mean, Glove Pops pointed out that Luton still need a manager. As far as I know, I think they've actually made a decision now that hasn't been publicised, but something Jones, Graham Jones, I think, is the one that's going to be linked. Uh, so I believe that's who's got the Luton job. But I'm sure there'll be plenty of other jobs out there. Vital Charlton saying, I hope Bowie wins manager of the month. And we smash Rochdale to break the curse. That would be the moment of the bloody season. Uh, we've set your barriers low there, Vital Charlton. I think the moment of the season will be when we win at Wembley, not when we beat Rochdale. But yeah, Bowie, of course, up for the manager of the month. Fifth time of the uh, this season, which is incredible. Lyle Taylor, of course, up for player of the month as well. <laughs> um, which is all falling nicely. All the, all the curses are just aligning at once, aren't they? So Lyle Taylor will get... Player of the month uh, and, and break his leg. Uh, Lee Bowyer will get manager of the month and then sign for QPR before the playoffs. And that'll be that. So that'll be sorted. Right. Uh, Richard Justin's asking what's happened to Chris Maxwell. He wasn't on the bench at Gillingham because he was ill. He's still here. Uh, presumably, if that illness has passed, he'll be involved on, on, on Saturday on the bench uh, against Rochdale. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's quite forgettable, poor old Maxwell, because he hasn't been involved at all. Uh, and then on the Charlton Live forum, uh, Ross, Rossman92 says, holding firm that we'll somehow play Peter in the playoffs the Charlton v Peterborough final would be the last thing that anyone expected going up against one of our bogey teams uh, would be lovely and then Mendonca and Asda says hi Louis hope you've been taking the strepsils and you've got your voice back for the final countdown <laughs> and then uh, yeah I have thanks Mendonca and Asda I'll be uh, I'll be okay right um, just before we go to an ad break just one more thing just popped up during the week uh, I mean, again Roland lo- he loves it doesn't he uh, he just, loves it. just wants to actually say really <laughs> I mean he, Roland's got a head full of ideas and sometimes he accidentally opens his mouth and some of those ideas just roll out onto the, the, the pages of local Belgian newspapers and, and, and stuff like that. Now, of course, on Sunday's show, when, when Terry was hosting, he mentioned about the uh, Charlton Athletic, uh, or the, the, the card members, the Charlton uh, Athletic, was well, Charlton against Roland Duchatelet people, uh, went to visit the Belgian embassy uh, just to have their say on, on how they believe that Roland Duchatelet... Um, is perhaps uh, not not doing uh, the Belgians the, the the best of service with his actions over here in London, um, talking about how th- this may lead to further protests over in Belgium. Uh, had a very nice sit down meeting by the by the sounds of it with uh, with someone at the Belgian uh, embassy there. Uh, Roland de Châtelet has described this as a form of soft terrorism. <laughs> Uh, everything is going well now. The club is playing well. There are no complaints now, and and those types. And then, uh, this must be a translation error. It says, the monkey are going to hang out at the Belgian embassy in London to come and threaten me. Too ridiculous for words, but they should not be worried. I am going to sell the club, only this needs its time. Selling a club is not as simple as buying a club, Roland replies. Well, surely that doesn't make sense because someone's buying it at the same time as someone's selling it. But anyway, soft terrorism, Nathan. Your view on that? Um, Harsh. <laughs> no, but Sarah, that, the monkey comment. Oh, you say his translation. He probably said that as well to be fair, yeah. knowing him. But, but oh, you can't call that soft terror. I mean, when you look at all of the stuff that's going around the world in terms of terrorism, 
and then you say a couple of Charlton fans saying that we want you out of our club and you call that I mean, some you, form of terrorism. There was probably laughable. tea and Jaffa cakes in this meeting. I mean, that is not terrorism, soft or otherwise. I mean, Roland <laughs> really does have a way with words. And as you can imagine, a lot of people were a little bit taken aback by that that choice of phrase. Um, and that's not a um, not not a translation issue because when you see it in the, in the original language, it effectively is soft terrorism with an e on the end of it. So unless terrorism means some I don't know, administration in Bel- in Flemish or whatever language it was in, I mean that was a bizarre choice of words. Um, he, he mentions about the, the the takeover taking as long as it is taking. I mean he said. He keeps saying, oh, they don't need to worry, I am going to sell the club. I mean, I actually spoke to someone over in Belgium today that gives me absolutely no idea or no no inkling that we're any nearer to the club being sold than it has been at any other point. I mean, I actually feel a little bit depressed about the whole situation because we are on the pitch, we're on the edge of doing something special, but off it, we're in the same situation we've been in for four years now. Yeah, sale's not happening. Not at the moment. And he can say all he wants. He's been saying he's going to sell it for well over a year so he might as well just come out with some other random stuff like he did for the rest of that statement um yeah it's uh i don't know the the thing is to concentrate on the stuff on the pitch because like you say we're on the verge of doing something good there um and and just ignore him really pretend he doesn't exist that's the way i get through the day <laughs> just just forget about him until something ridiculous comes up yeah. laugh at him and then ignore him again just wonder where our cardida are going to be having the next training camp don't they you could just imagine rick everett in like a balaclava or something <laughs> such a bizarre situation right let's have a little break here on charlton live when we come back we're going to hear from josh cullen who got his first addicts goal uh, at Gillingham last saturday when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. towards the near post good delivery flicks on by Grimes and no goal yes! and now Taylor got the final touch I think he's going to claim it absolutely Bolton his header deflected back off the post and Lyle Taylor got a little flick and John have the lead after 25 minutes There we go. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is a big match preview ahead of uh, Saturday's home game with Rochdale. We're going to preview the ga- the clash with the Dale uh, shortly. It's not really too much riding on it, 
because Dale are actually safe now. I think they, they had a couple of good results over the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, we know we're in the playoffs where we end up, as uh, as has already been very well explained. It's still a bit of a lottery, but but but, but we don't know. We don't know exactly where we're going to end up. But there isn't really too much on the game. Uh, but yeah, we will we will preview that uh, coming up. We should now uh, let you know at this point that Sunday, of course, is the Player of the Year dinner. So therefore, there is no live Charlton Live show on Sunday because we'll be at the Player of the Year dinner recording uh, my favourite podcast of the season. It's the one where we uh, get so many players and the manager as well, of course, to come and do interviews with us. It'll be a, a great evening at the Valley here, always well organised by Gene and Ian and the uh, the fans for them. So really looking forward to it. But just just be aware, there's no live show on Sunday evening. The podcast will not. I normally get out about three o'clock in the morning after the after the dinner, so we'll be out there uh, ready for you on Monday morning, and of course have some uh, some uh, exciting interviews, and then we'll be back here next Thursday for a live show previewing uh, our first leg of the playoffs. Hopefully, depending on what what day it is, because we've all lost track. Part of the country, really. yeah. D- d- despite my uh, d- despite my, uh, my my excellent graph that I've been reading out, right? Josh Cullen uh, scored his first addicts goal uh, on the weekend. The one he did get away at Doncaster was uh, was taken away from him because it clearly wasn't his goal it was no goal but um yeah he got his first one against Gillingham on uh on 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 Saturday um so we spoke to him after the game interesting as well actually um to, to find out what he's, what he's thinking about his future he goes back to West Ham at the end of the uh, at the end of the year I was trying to work out if there'd be any scope for perhaps another loan but it doesn't sound too too promising on that front but um he, he talks about his goal talks about his future and of course talks about the fact he was pleased that Charlton were able to wrestle away three points uh, from Priestfield on Saturday you know it's going to be a, a tough game, tough place to come. Obviously, I think it was their last home game, so they were always going to want to go out, um, finish the season, getting a, a good result, especially it being a, a derby as well. So, um, no, yeah, we knew it was going to be tough, and we we had to earn the right to play and win our battle. Um, I think we've done that, and then obviously our, our quality come out and, and showed. With the conditions the way they were, blustery conditions. Uh and physical outfit it was always going to be uh, you had to play football to, to get the better of yeah exactly I think um, when you, you play against teams that like you said are quite physical you can't get get dragged into their game and try and play them at their game because that's not our strength so we've got a, we've come here and, and like I said competed with that to and won our battles won our tackles but um, then implemented our style of play on the game and, and, um, and yeah that's what's, what's earned us three points must be uh, pleasing both goals when they came both started and finished by midfield players. Uh, we've got to uh, talk about Joe's first. Lovely finish from uh, from a great move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, great finish. Um, yeah, we we work hard in training. Obviously, trying to trying to chip in. Um, and Joe's been fantastic all season. So, um, yeah, delighted for him. Like you said, great finish. He's got that that ability to do that. So, yeah, no, no surprise. Well, a carbon copy for the second one. Almost the, uh, you were on hand to, to finish. You had a chance just before that. Didn't quite connect yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, for your first goal. Did you think this isn't going to come? But on hand for the same. What went through your mind just as the ball came to you? I just think I just do more more instinctive, really, just just to get a good connection and, and, and just guide it past the keeper. Um, yeah, I think that's something I've tried to, to bring into my game. Um, keep getting in the box. Um, and trying to goal some my game, it's been been frustrating at times this season. Things haven't quite dropped to me, or I haven't quite been able to get the finish that I'd like. But obviously, the, the hard work's come off, and I've got one today. So 
hopefully now I can kick on and, and, and another one or two over the next few games would be nice. Well, I think they've uh, they've taken the first goal that you uh, you scored away from you. They're definitely not taking this one. No, no, there's no deflection today. So yeah, I don't think I don't think that can be taken away from you. Uh, didn't score again on the, um, in the game, but uh, pretty much controlled it from then on. Midfield, uh, um, really in control. Back uh, three as it started, yeah. never really felt threatened because they controlled everything that was thrown at them. Darren Prattley, somebody new alongside you for most of the game, played well. It's a it's a great performance. Yeah, Pratt was brilliant. Um, that's what you get from Pratt. Uh, like you said, someone new. Probably hasn't hasn't played as, as much as he would have liked, um, but he's coming to them, putting a fantastic shift, and that shows the, the strength of the squad we've got um, and the quality that, that can be brought into the team if need be. So, yeah, he, he was magnificent today. Um, you get everything from practice, he gives you 110 percent. Um, yeah, he was brilliant. We've not been we've been in the playoffs for for a couple of weeks now, but uh, there's been no uh, drop off in performance. Uh, everybody's still battling for the win. Uh, has the playoffs been in the players' mind, or are you just putting it to one side while you take each game? Um, it's, it's in our mind. I think if I come in and said it's not in our mind at all, then I'd be lying. But um, <clears throat> we know that to go into them games, we've got to go into it with good momentum. Um, we had obviously a disappointing result away at Oxford, but now we've bounced back, scored six goals in two games, two clean sheets, and got and got two very good wins. So um, no, we want to we want to go into them playoff games with momentum. And be the be the informed side going into them, and then when they come, we'll, we'll be more than ready. Home for the final proper league game uh, of the season next week. It'd be nice to finish that on a high, to uh, to reward the the fans and other packed out this uh, this away end again today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fans have been magnificent all season. I'm in a way they've they've travelled in their numbers, made loads of noise, and, and made a lot of away games feel like home games. Um, and then at home they've backed us um, in their numbers and, and got right behind us. So. Yeah, these performances where we dig in and, and come to tough places and win are for them as much as they are for us. Um, so yeah, we thank them and hopefully, like you said, we can we can finish it off next week with a with a good um, regular season um, final game and uh, and get and get a good performance and three points in front of our own fans. Well, well done on the win today. Superb on grabbing the goal. Hopefully, it's the first of many in the next few. Yeah, thank you very much. With the the playoffs coming up, this. Probably still a chance of finishing fourth, which would mean the second leg would be at home. As as players, is that something that you worry about having the second leg at home? Uh, we haven't really thought about that too much. Um, I think we're just we're going to try and win next week until we end up. And whoever we get, we're confident, home or away, that we can go and win games. And whoever we get, we'll be we'll be confident going into it and and looking forward to it. The results against the other teams in the top six have been good. I think we've beaten most of them apart from Sunderland, I think. So, would you have a preference of all the ones that are out there? Which ones we'd face? No, no preference. I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, it's, it's two games, and whoever's going to be the best team over the two games. And uh, we're confident that that we can be be the best team whoever we play against. So, whoever we get, then then bring them on. And obviously, with your own future, a lot of people think about that at this stage of the season. You'll be back at West Ham next year. I mean, will you be trying to make sure that you can get a first team place or do you think you'll be looking to go on loan again have you thought about that yet no the, I've always said that the, the main focus is to go back to West Ham and like you said get a first team place there um, so I'll go back um, they want me back to, to go and do pre-season and, and, and try and, um, and make my my sort of time there successful and, and, and get in the first team and warrant that place so um, yeah that's what I'm looking to do and, and hopefully that'll, that'll happen. I feel like the experience that you've got this season with Charlton has been important for you. Yeah, I think it's important for every player. Um, playing games and, and improving and, uh, and developing yourself, you only, like I said, you only get that through playing games. Um, so to come out and play 
in a team with with, with great players and and just fighting to, to get promotion. Um, a massive club has been has been brilliant for me, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And hopefully, I can I can finish my time off here with promotion. So there we go, Josh Cullen there, uh, desperate to finish off his time here at the Valley with with promotion to uh, to the Championship. Um, I mean, he, he's been a real excellent player for us this season, hasn't he? You, you sign, uh, you, you, you forget that he was out for so long with that with that shoulder injury, but by the time he came back, uh, it, it was like he was he was never missing, really, Tom. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's been very good. Um, been really impressive with him. What was frustrating with that interview was he was pretty much mind made up. I'm back off to West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> see, cheers, see you later. <laughs> I'll try and get you promoted. But um, no, he's been great. And we, uh, I was on comms at Doncaster away when he we interviewed him after that when his goal that wasn't his goal. Um, and he just comes across a really likable bloke as well. And despite the fact he wants to go to West Ham and prove himself there, which I, I completely understand, while he's been here, he's given 100%. And, and that's all you can ask for from a loney. And I think... You look back at some of the loanies we've had over the, the Roland years um, and Olverstad aside, I think they've often not really cared about the club. And, and the <laughs> uh, But the loanies this year, they really do. Um, you look at him, you look at Billick. <laughs> what? It's genuine. But um, yeah, he's been excellent for us and he can clearly do it in the championship. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean yeah, you, you mentioned the West Ham comments already. It's one of those ones where I was trying to trying to work out how I was going to word the question because you don't you don't want to turn around and say because I I don't believe this either but I don't want to make the question sound like well clearly you're not going to get in the, the West Ham's first team so are you going to come back but so I I tried to find out but I mean will he get in the West Ham first team and they've got Declan Rice in that midfield mm-hmm. they've got they've got a decent midfield options West Ham but he is a good player and you know, will he he's played three times in the Premier League already cameo appearances off the bench he has made first team appearances for West Ham so I mean he, he clearly backs himself and I think this year he's had in in League One I mean minimum next season if he doesn't play for West Ham he's got to be in the championship because that's a step up and hopefully that can be with us but I mean do you think he'll, he'll go back into that West Ham team and, and, and start getting performances in um, well, I think he's obviously Im- he's improved. I think his call up to Ireland have probably um, impressed West Ham. And I mean, I'm trying to think of their their their, their midfield at the moment. And the only sort of similar sort of player they got is Mark Noble. Um, he's not one of those powerhouses, or, or you know, like Felipe Anderson. So I think he could probably be in and around the squad. Will he break the eleven? I don't know. He might get a handful of games, but I mean, he does need to be playing. So like, I think. They'll probably ideally same with Christian. Really, I don't think they'd want to loan out to a League One team. And I think I think it was Sunday we said me and Tell were saying it that it is quite vital for us to keep the likes of Christian and and obviously Josh that we'd have to be at a higher level. And you can understandably agree from West Ham's point of view as well that they've yeah he's had a great season, but they he needs to push on a bit now and then maybe the season after then he can because you know they're still young. Um, but I don't, I can't see him breaking into it. But look, look what happened with um, with Cochrane when he was here, and then he he start he went and played against Man City for Arsenal mm. was man of the match. So uh, anything can happen. I can tell my favourite anecdote of all time about Cochrane when because uh, uh, he spent his time on loan with us, didn't he? And he was there for like half a season, and he went back and started running the Arsenal midfield. And after his first game, I asked him because he came off the bench, I asked him if he felt he could break into Charlton starting eleven. And by the end of the season, he was smashing it in the Premier League. Uh, for, for for Arsenal, um, good to see Josh Cullen on the goal, on the score sheet as well. I mean, Bayer mentioned it in, in his post match on on Saturday. You know, we need our midfielders to score a bit more often now. Arebo, of course, has got eight already. He's the one who's really been pitching in. But you know, great to see to, to see Cullen do so as well because 
you know, if Taylor has an off day in the playoff semi-final, which could be a way to Sunderland or at home or on a Saturday or a Sunday, who knows? Um, Not me. <laughs> yeah, um, then we need someone else to, to, to pitch him with a goal. Yeah, and uh, ever since Grant's left, that, that was our big worry, um, was that we were going to have to be reliant on Lyle. And obviously we have been to a certain extent, you look at his goal record, um, but those other players have weighed in and we said we wanted more from Reeves and he got a couple through the season but hasn't really had enough game time to do it. Obviously, Igor's started to get back amongst the goals. I know he plays up front, but he'd been on a bit of a goal drought as well. Johnny Williams, we've seen none from, which is a shame. But... His goal drought was like two and a half years, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what I mean. Drought, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and now we've started to see it from the midfield. And you're right, Aribo has, has obviously led that. Jake, unfortunately, was, was amongst the goals prior to his injury. So it's not like we've never had had goals from midfield. Fossey was doing it last year, but this year they've been harder to come by. But you know, Cullen, like I say, Williams started to get in those positions against Gillingham, had a couple of chances, probably should have scored. Um, and, and you're right, we're going to need them because who knows what's going to happen with Lyle. You, you would expect, given the form this year, that it'll, you know people will fancy him to score a couple of goals through the playoffs. But we're going to need other people in, in and around the area as well to, uh, to try and get on the end of anything. Right, let's have a quick break and then we'll be back here uh, looking ahead to the home game with Rochdale on uh, Saturday afternoon. Switch across the left-hand side, and Perrington's a good one. Bill, it looks okay for the time being. Perrington looking to try and oh, look to take on Thompson. Instead, goes back inside to Cullen. Needs a little bit of support. He turns, works a bit of space for a cross. Cullen, ball into the box, finds Arebo. Arebo! Arebo! Yeah! Joe Arebo! Inside the penalty area. His shot went across the face of goal, and the Gilvery didn't even go for any areas. Pass him. It is at the back of the net, and Charlton just before half time at the lead. So welcome back, it's Charlton Live here, the big match preview. Uh, coming uh, live to you on your Thursday evening don't forget as I mentioned no live show on Sunday evening we'll be at the Player of the Year dinner uh, sorting out a podcast for you that'll be out uh, overnight Sunday to Monday so something to look forward to now uh, normally at this time we have a journalist from the opposition team but Rochdale was the only team in League One that I've never been able to find someone who covers them it's bizarre uh, uh, do they not I mean do they have paper do they have newspapers? I don't know. But uh, basically, no one covers them, uh, or, or no one wants to admit that they cover them for some reason. Uh, so we haven't got one. We tried a fan once, but it didn't really work because uh, it just didn't. Uh, so, yeah, I hope, they, yeah, I hope they're tuned in. Um, so, uh, so we're just going to do it ourselves. So Rochdale uh, FC. Um, Northern yeah, hang on. I'm just reading the Wikipedia page. Rochdale Association Football Club is a professional football club based in the town of Rochdale, Greater Manchester, England. The club currently competes in League One, the third tier of the English League Football. <laughs> I'm not going to do this forever. Basically, uh, Dale had been in trouble, hadn't they, uh, until recently? But uh, they are officially safe going into the last day. They've had a decent little run, actually. They've won four uh, at their last five games. Uh, the only game they lost in that time was a 4-1 away at Portsmouth. Uh, all the other games, they've won 1-0 away at Accrington, home to Wickham, away at Bristol Rovers, then at home to South End. So they found a way. Uh, under their caretaker manager Brian Barry Murphy who if you look at his Wikipedia page looks a little bit like Michael McIntyre that's <laughs> some more insight for you um, that they found a way to stop conceding goals because they have conceded the most amount of goals in League One they've conceded an impressive 83 in 45 games but obviously they've they've really tightened up in the last in the last five or six games and 
done enough to, to to be in League One. Of course, Keith Hill got sacked um, earlier on in the season, which was a bit of a shock. Mr. Rochdale, I call him, and uh, not to his face because I've never spoke to him. But uh, <laughs> not because you're scared of him. <laughs> no, nah, not because nah, I'm scared. I just never spoke to him. It'd be bizarre if I turned up to his house and went, "All right, Mr. Rochdale, are you getting on?" And he'd be like, that, "That really hurt me because I've been sacked." But um, <laughs> could have got him to do them in previous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, clearly he's not very doesn't know much enough about Rochdale because he got sacked, but he had been there for years and years. <laughs> but Rochdale was staying up, so hooray for them! Yeah, I, I, we went up there last year. It's a really nice. Um, I like the ground. It's quite like sort of old school. I yeah. saw saw one of the best goals I ever see there as well. Jordan Bataga last year. <laughs> <laughs> the one where he <laughs> ran through hit the post in an open Come goal. Come off his blooming nose or something. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And when when the Steffi Mavadidi. Uh, thing happened, and then me and Tom nearly got run over at the end. But um, no, a great a, day, yeah, it's a, it's a great day. But yeah, no, I, I actually like Rochdale. Um, a bit weird at the end because we were in the playoffs, weren't we? And then uh, they came over, and then they stayed up by that guy who just come back from that. Really Joe bad, Thompson yeah. last season's retired. And then you season, had a yeah. couple of Rochdale fans crying in front of the stand, which was a bit bizarre. But yeah, no, you know, it's nice old school ground, proper um, club Rochdale. And to be fair, I mean. They need a, an award themselves for conceded 80-odd goals and still staying up. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, most, yeah, 83. So the only team that's come close is Scunthorpe who've conceded 80. That's not surprising. Four, yeah, four of which were at the Valley quite recently. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, it's just that, that run in the last few weeks. It's always been so tight down there in, in, in the relegation half, as it was called for a while there, that, that you only needed a couple of results to pull themselves clear. Um, so some interesting games going to be on that final day away from us, of course, in terms of relegation. You've got Scunthorpe are playing Plymouth. They're both in the relegation zone. So basically, if, if either side draws, I mean, if it's a draw, Scunthorpe will almost certainly be down. I think they will be down. Um, Plymouth might, might just escape with a draw if they get lucky, if Southend uh, lose uh, at home to Sunderland. But uh, yeah, that, that Scunthorpe Plymouth game is huge. But yeah, Rochdale no longer involved in that. In fact, with, with those wins, they've actually climbed up to 14th, which just shows how tight it has been. Uh, 14th in, you imagine finishing 14th and conceding 83 goals. You'd you think that makes them really good at, at going forward, wouldn't you? But no, they've only scored 54. So there you go. That's our Rochdale preview. Save me about £2 on ringing someone up north there, haven't I? Let's have a look ahead to it from a Charlton point of view. Natalie Bayer uh, was asked about the injury situation uh, as well, but he's also asked uh, if, if he's worrying about the playoff situation uh, just yet or is he only thinking about Rochdale on Saturday? Um, no. Uh, like I said before, every game's important. They all have different importances. Um, Saturday, every game we want to, we go out to play, we want to win. Uh, that doesn't change. Obviously, we want to keep this good run that, that, that we've been on um, going, and we're all in a good place. And the most important thing is that that we we keep that mentality, that winning mentality, because it's it's a good habit to to be in. Um, but yeah, there'll be, there will be changes again. Uh, obviously, we was out without uh, Lowell, Pat, Christian last weekend due to injuries. But I feel we need to give them time this weekend because of sharpness. I don't want them going too long. Like if we wait for the playoffs, then they wouldn't have played for like two, three weeks. My worries is that they lose a bit of sharpness, so that they'll be involved 
on, on Saturday for sure. Um, and it, the lads that came in last weekend was outstanding, and, and it topped them up for, for minutes as well because you just don't know what's around the corner. Injury suspensions, they're things you can't control. So um, just trying to make sure that everybody gets some time and and put out the right side to win the game. Many in the treatment room these days. Uh, Johnny Williams. Johnny Williams is in there. Um, got injured last week against Gillingham. Uh, um, twisted his ankle, so he'd be out this weekend. Um, but yeah, that's the only one I think. So there we go, Lee Bayer giving us the latest on the injury update. Uh, Johnny Williams going to be out, twisted his ankle now. Uh, it doesn't really go into it in the in in the uh, press conference there, but does a twisted ankle heal? Does that heal in a week or does that heal in a few weeks? Uh, I, I suppose that it depends how bad it is. I, I know that's stating the obvious, but yeah, I mean, usually you can you can slightly twist it in a week or so. But I'm, Williams, I imagine about six months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I'm I'm not I'm I'm not that fast anyway because you can always play Prattley in the number ten for Stop me. It. So. <laughs> Uh, your views I'll, on that? I'll play in the number ten <laughs> yeah. before he does. N- not a fan of uh, of Darren Prattley playing in the number ten role. No, not a fan of Darren Prattley, to be honest. <laughs> not him as a bloke. I'm sure he's lovely, but um, yeah, I don't see what he offers the side that that Josh Cullen and Bowyer and Bowyer. You two. No, he commented on it, didn't he? Last week he said he was good. He was good. Yeah. We're getting we're heat, heated Darren Prattley debate in the studio there. So Johnny Williams uh, is going to be missing oh, yeah. on Saturday. But you did say he's going to make changes again. But the, the way you were saying it was actually we're changing it back the other way. Because, of course, we, we missed Lyle Taylor. We missed uh, Patrick Bauer. The likes of, of them last week with, with minor, minor injuries. And so he's going to be bringing them back in to give them uh, the, the game time that they want. Now, of course, you know we saw last year there was a couple of changes for Rochdale again on the, on the final day away. Um, and we... Uh, some some might try and argue you could lose momentum if you do that and Bayer obviously doesn't want to take that chance this time around yeah no I agree I think I said on Sunday that I think we should play our strongest team I mean Johnny Williams a prime example he could have been rested against Gillingham and then he twists his ankle in training so I think especially with Lyle as well I think if if he doesn't play Saturday that's two weeks it'll be yeah two weeks that he hasn't played and yeah you could lose momentum and he might lose a bit of match sharpness it's not saying he's, he's not a fit lad of course he is but I think we should start the strongest team that we have available. Get get that momentum, get their minutes under their belts, keep them fit, um, keep them hungry, and keep them fighting for their positions. Because there's still a lot of changes that still can be made. Like you know, we were joking about uh, obviously Prattley, but it it might mean that he might have to come in, and then you know, Billick might pick up an injury or Rebo goes. For, so there's loads of loads of sort of permutations that need that can happen. Um, so yeah, I think we we'll start the strongest. And um, and then I'd I'd do three subs, seventy minutes. Bring Joe, Lyle, and maybe Christian off or something yeah. like that. I was gonna say, I mean, if if Rochdale come and sit behind the ball, is looking at their last few results is probably what I'm expecting, uh, and, and start to put up a bit more of a, of a rearguard action than their eighty three goals conceded suggests. Um, and we get to seventy minutes and it's nil nil. Is it really worth pushing yourselves to the extent that you're gonna mm. tie yourselves out just to get the one nil win over Rochdale on yeah. the final day of the season? I was about to say, I don't know how much they'll be keeping an eye on the other scores as well because if Pompey and Sunderland are both like 3-0 up or something and we're 0-0 you think right let's bring them off let's rest them we know where we're going to finish if they're still hanging in the balance or either of them are losing and it's 0-0 you think why don't we go for it why don't we try and finish third Um, so I I guess that's going to play a part as well but 
yeah, I think all, all being well, if we're if we're a couple of goals up, you you just bring those those big players off and you rest them, and and like Nafe says, you throw in someone like a Prattley or a Morgan or a Lapsley or someone who we might have to rely on in the playoffs, but probably wouldn't make the starting eleven if everyone was fit, because even maybe Jake again, because we we might need him during the playoffs. So you want to try and give some of those players minutes if you can, but. I think you'd only do that provided you roughly know where you're going to be finishing by that stage of the game. Now, um, I mean, we, we've asked this question before. The danger, or is it a danger to, to have to play the second leg away? Is it? Would you rather have it at home? I mean, Lee Bowyer did point out uh, in press day today, look at look at Barcelona last night against Liverpool. They beat, they beat the Scousers 3-0. Uh, and then it doesn't matter that they're away second leg at all, does it? No, exactly. I mean, personally, I'd rather not go to a 45,000 screaming Mackhams on a second leg, um, personally. But yeah, it's true. If you, if, you, if you win the first leg comfortably, if we, listen, if we have the home leg first and we win 2-0, the onus is on the home side to attack us and I think that will suit us more. So there's, there's obviously there's so many different angles you can look at it. Um, but I just think just just go out the game and w- try and win it as best as you can or how you're going to win it and then that's the way you're going to do it. Because otherwise you could put all these sort of scenarios in place like, oh, we'd rather be away first, you know, like I'm doing. But then you don't even know, you know, that you might go 1-0 up in 30 seconds or so. You know, anything can change in a matter of an instant. So, But I think both games for all four teams are going to be cagey. So I don't think it's going to be a 3-0 or anything, but... Mm. Um, but yeah, we just have to wait and see. But I'd yeah. rather the home leg second. Of course I mean, you would, yeah. just in case you 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 know if you win it, you can celebrate properly. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, I do think there'll be one hell of a celebration if we do play Sunderland away in the second leg, and then we all stay up. So that would be the Friday night, uh, according to my excellent uh, spreadsheet here. <laughs> and then we'd all be staying up in in Newcastle on the Friday night. And I, I, I dare say, if anyone goes out in a championship, they won't have to buy a beer that that yeah, evening. No, nah, so yeah, so, something to look forward to. Um, so. If if we get the news early on that Sunderland and Portsmouth are both five nil up after ten seconds, is that it? I mean, that was similar happened at Rochdale last year. It was Plymouth who were at Gillingham. They needed to win like five or six nil to have any chance of, of of catching us, and they were two three, two or three nil down quite early on actually. So then we just completely took our foot off the gas. We even chucked on uh, Jacko for his for his farewell appearance as well because we knew we we had the luxury to do that. If if we are finding out from away games that we're, that both teams are out of sight, then that, that is it. Just doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, and as I said, I think you bring players off to rest them, but you don't, you know, we're not going to be throwing on a, a Jacko-type player, although I don't think there is one around now. Um, Jacko? Yeah, get, get back out. if we bring, <laughs> literally bring him yeah. on after his marathon. Um, but I think you're looking, as I said earlier, you're looking at the, the, the fringe players who might have to be involved in those playoff um those playoff games just to give them some minutes like Nafe said earlier as well to keep everybody fresh keep everybody on their toes you know you bring Lyle off you bring Aribo off for definite just to rest them and, and protect them um, maybe Bielik or Cullen if one of them's playing you bring them off and then you as I say probably with the midfield you throw maybe a Jake maybe a, a Prattley on and, and you give them some minutes so that they're still fresh if they're needed in the in the playoffs there we go right we've run out of time on this evening's big match but just very quick prediction one word 2-0 2-0 4-0 
4-0, there we go. Both uh, presumably to Charlton there. Right, that's Tom and Nathan <laughs> on, uh, on the big match preview. Guys, thanks for coming in. Much Cheers, love. Man. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live, the, the big match preview. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, we won't be back here on Sunday evening with a live show because we're at the Play of the Year dinner where we'll be getting you plenty of excellent content in, in terms of interviews and stuff. So that'll be out uh, in your podcast feeds on uh, by Monday morning. Thanks for listening. I've been Louis Mendes. Let's hope that Charlton can finish third and possibly play Sunday at Sunday or Sunday or Thursday, Sunday. Who knows? Doesn't matter. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.